Yesterday, upon the stairs, I met a man who wasn't there. He wasn't there again today. How I wish he'd go away. Hey, hey, what's up, my fellow weirdos? Uh, happy Tuesday to you. I hope the buckle of the work week isn't kicking you too hard. My name is Chris, and with me, as always, is Skippy Van Butter My Jelly Rolls. Skippy, Skippy how's it going, buddy? Skippy Van Butter Rolls, yeah! Wow. <laughs> what the fuck is that, man? That's, I thought I thought you legally changed your name to Skippy Van Butter My Jelly Rolls. You're the only person who's supposed to call me that. <laughs> Shh, you can't let the listeners know what you call me in our private time. But you know what's funny is like your fans still knew who I was talking about. Yeah, well, I told... One or two of them. Uh-huh. It, the yeah. word must have got around. <laughs> yeah, you know. So, uh, Skippy, uh, how's everything going? Skipping along fantastically. <laughs> you know, I can just imagine your big ass. Just, you're like, you know, Chuck is. He's not a small person. He's like what six, six three, two. six two. He's six foot two. You know, two fifty. You know, like you imagine this guy just like skipping Skip. down the sidewalk or something. <laughs> I'm gonna give him a little more room as he passes with you know? my tiny little ukulele. Wow, dude! Anything happening through the? What are kind of flowers are there? I don't fucking know. I don't know. Violets, roses, irises, <laughs> sunflowers. Skip along through the irises. I'm a giant. My name is Chuck, and I always put Chris to sleep. You know. Oh, uh, hey, <laughs> hey, what's up? I fe- oh wait, no, we already did that. <laughs> All right. So what's up? Yeah. Um. Pretty much the same old thing. I did get my results back on my sleep study, and I got to wear a fucking Darth Vader mask to sleep in again. So, you know. All right, man. You know, I, I like how you know, you get so personal with the people. <laughs> I'm not going to let them into my personal life, you know. Well, you know, if they just want to kill me, they can just let me die in my fucking... Just take away take your my fucking mask. And- <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, see, now, now you're doing things right because, see, they're playing the long haul. <laughs> It's going to kill him eventually. Eventually, Eventually, one night, he will stop breathing in his sleep and not start again. (laughs) Evil. (laughs) I don't know, man. What's going on with you? Uh, Aside from that fucking Mr. Rogers sweater... I appreciate it. Uh, he was a role model, so uh, and well, he is a role model. But he's also my uncle, and he gave this to me personally. So uh, <laughs> I'm rubber, your glue, bitch. <laughs> Whatever happened to things like I'm rubber, your glue, or or like uh, sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. I'm like pineapple now, pizza. Now everybody's fucking hurt by words. It's stupid. Pineapple pizza killed it. Everything <laughs> it just ruined everything. That I was like pineapple downfall. pizza, man. That's because you're part of the conspiracy. <laughs> you hear that everybody yeah chuck's part of the fucking conspiracy fuck that guy oh yeah oh, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry skippy's pizza. part of the- <laughs> well, you know pineapple pizza is pretty fucking good man i mean yeah if you are a communist living in siberia <laughs> you probably, don't know where, where, where were you when the Dyatlov pass guys all got murdered um yeah exactly exactly come up with the cover story buddy uh-huh and where were you when jfk got shot I think we're starting to put shit together here. How old do you think I am? God, oh, man. Just looking at you? Yeah. Oh, man. I'd have to say 200. 
200. 198. One nine, yeah, it's a little closer. <laughs> right direction. <laughs> keep going. Uh, no. No, we're done. <laughs> it, it, it joke, course. Yeah, some jokes just fall flat. <laughs> 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 no, uh, the other day, man. Oh, dude, I had this fucking stomach bug. Dude, I felt like shit. Really? It was, yeah, it was rough, bro. I mean, it lasted a it wasn't quite two full days, but by the time I started to feel better, I was so fucking tired. I was just like, fuck it. You know, I just like slept, you know, stomach bug. I literally felt like shit. <laughs> See, that's what happens when you do fucking ridiculously bad jokes, bud. <laughs> I thought the guys in the black suits were going to help keep the crowds at bay, but these fuckers, I mean, they come back in droves, don't they? Yeah. I mean, these guys, they have no shame. Nope. And God. Okay. Enough. <laughs> Jesus. Get out of here. God dang. <laughs> now it's quiet as fuck. <laughs> right. Like, see, you, you fucking, yeah, close the window, Chuck. How many times I got to tell you that? <laughs> I like the breeze. It's nice when I don't have pants on. You, you never know? wear pants. Why do you never wear pants? It's you know, good... we, went through, we went through all that shit. And it's funny, you know, because, like, you know, I don't know about you, but, you know, when they put me in the, the, the room, you know, they put me in a plain white jumpsuit, like, totally just stripped my identity. And then we we break out. I run into Chuck, and he still doesn't have pants on. No, I was wearing just. Uh, Did you just take them off after they put them on? <laughs> You're like, I'm well, escaping. <laughs> well, when I decided to escape, I did take the pants off. I mean, I'm, it's restricting. I can't get through here. I'm not going to get my pants caught on a fence. Make yourself more agile. Yeah, you know, I can't do parkour with pants on. Right. I mean, who does that besides the hundreds of millions of <laughs> well, I can't do it. I didn't say they can't do it. Fair enough. Fair enough, Skippy. All right, buddy. What do you say? What, you want to get weird? That wasn't weird enough for you. <laughs> yeah, good luck living with that image, guys. <laughs> Fuck Let's it. Let's it. get weird. Do you remember the last time you took an impromptu trip somewhere? Or how about the last time that you meticulously planned every last detail right down to exactly every place that you were going to stop and eat? Either way, let's say that you take this trip to wherever and after a nice, quote, you know, relaxing break from work, it's time to head home and get back to life as normal. Things are going pretty smooth. You stop, you get some snacks, drinks, gas, you know, and then you jump back on the road only to stop about an hour later for a pee break. So far, this is a fairly expected return to regular life. Now, let's imagine that you're driving down a rural roadway late at night, just enjoying the peace and quiet and admiring how bright the moon and all of the stars are when, you know, when they're not being drowned out by the lights of a city or a town or whatever. The further you go, the more your eyes are drawn to one particular star. Is it just you or is it getting closer? Brighter? Surely not. I mean, it's just not possible, right? No, no, no. No, wait, wait, wait. No, now, now you're positive that it is, in fact, getting closer. Holy shit, this thing is actually heading right for the road in front of you. And I know you guys are thinking, you know, that Chuck just gave me some of his famous tea. But what if I told you that something eerily similar to this exact scenario happened to a couple in the early 1960s? Buckle up, strap on your foil helmets, and protect your anus from random probing as we dive into the abduction of Betty and Barney Hill. In the mid-1950s, Barney Hill was vacationing with his then-wife Ruby in a small town in New Hampshire called Portsmouth when he met a woman named Eunice Elizabeth Barrett, better known as Betty. 
Over time, Barney and Ruby would divorce, and by May of 1960, Betty and Barney were married. The two would end up settling down in Portsmouth, leaving Barney with a 90-minute commute each way to work in Philadelphia, where he worked the night shift with the U.S. Postal Service. Now, Betty had graduated from the University of New Hampshire and went on to be a social worker that mainly handled child welfare cases. Now, when she was young, she tried to convince her parents to let her run away with the circus as an acrobat, but when they told her no, she decided that college would just have to do. Hold on. Is that true? That's very true. I did not see that in my research. I didn't see that it, at it's all. It's extremely true. Yeah. Wow. And apparently, she was she, uh, really from, limber. Uh, from a very, well, <laughs> yeah. She put her legs behind her head. That turning you on there, bud? It is a little Oh, bit. my God. Put fucking pants on. <laughs> oh, sorry. I, oh, I'm glad you guys didn't have to see that. the more i looked into her past the more it became clear that she was a total fucking badass all of her life she was a warrior for equal rights at one point a company wanted to buy her home so that they could build a gas station on the property so she negotiated double the offer and then she went and bought the home itself back for one dollar had the home moved to another lot where she lived up until she died yeah, she's pretty, pretty smart. Yeah, yeah, exactly, dude. Now, Barney, he served in World War II for three years as a truck driver until he was injured by a grenade, and then he received an honorable discharge. You know, and, and I guess I kind of felt like mentioning some of their backgrounds so that as we go forward, there won't be as much doubt as to the content of their character. You know, I mean, these were two pretty fucking strong right. individuals. You yeah, know? and you had to be strong to be in the situation they were in that time period. Exactly. Like in the 1960s, there were several states that it was illegal for a mixed race couple to be married, which was just another injustice that the pair were more than happy to stand up against, yeah. you know? And and good for and, them. Right. I mean, and like you said, them. you know, like their situation was rough as fuck, you know, and they were more than fucking strong enough to take it on. So, that, I mean, these were solid people, you know? Like I said, again, apparently I'm going to repeat myself 900 fucking times, but they were definitely some strong sons of bitches, you know? Yeah. Anyway, in September of 1961, Betty and Barney decided to take a long overdue honeymoon up to Niagara Falls. On the night of the 19th, they were heading home. As they were driving along U.S. Route 3 sometime after 10 p.m., you know, and this is after they'd stopped at this little diner, got some coffee and stuff, kind of get a little caffeine going, get a little food, you know? So sometime after 10 p.m., Betty noticed a bright light in the sky. At first, the light appeared just below the moon, like it was coming out of Uranus. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> Wrong browser tab. My bad, guys. Uh, no shit. <laughs> Man. Oops. I say. Man, I've been doing really well with that. Though, yeah, you so. have. You hey. have been good. I'm I'm. I'm proud of you, buddy. I appreciate it, brother. Thank you. <laughs> Below the moon, beside what she thought was Jupiter. Now, that's the right page. Her immediate thought was that it was some kind of shooting star or like a comet or something until it started to move vertically. As the light grew larger, she convinced Barney to pull the car over so that she could get a better look, which he did at a picnic area at the base of Twin Mountain. You know, they had their dog, Delcy with them. So as Barney was taking Delcy for a walk... Betty got the binoculars from the trunk. Now, as she watched this, quote, you know, thing fly in front of the moon, she could tell that it was definitely some kind of a strange shaped craft that had multiple flashing lights on it. When Barney looked through the binoculars, he at first thought it was just a plane until it abruptly turned and started to head in their direction. That's when they wised up and got in the car and noped the fuck out of there, bro. Yeah, that I would have done the same thing. Exactly. It's it's so messed up, these things, man. When you see like something that just doesn't make sense yeah and then suddenly it's coming your direction or it turns in a way that it shouldn't 
Absolutely. It's yep. crazy. Yeah. It, it, it's just like, basically, it's like our minds and the way technology and the way the world works, it's like our minds just fucking run with it. You know, it's like, you know, we have a certain understanding of how things flow and the directions things the go. The physics and of it. Yeah, exactly. And, yeah. and when something breaks at it, it's almost like it, it kind of breaks your mind, at least for a, a few seconds. You're just like, like, cannot comprehend what the fuck is happening, you know? Now, as they were driving along, they noticed that the object was now following them. Within a matter of minutes, the craft got so fucking close that Betty said that she could see it rotating as it flew along behind them. The entire time this was going on, they didn't hear a fucking sound. Nothing. It was absolutely silent, bro. Now, after following them for what felt like forever, but was probably only a few minutes, the thing went up and over their car and came down in the middle of the road right in front of them, causing Barney to slam on the brakes. Now that they were so close, which they estimated to be around 100 yards, which is, you know, a third of a football field uh, for us Americans. <laughs> USA, USA. Anyway, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> they said it was almost pancake shaped. Making sure that he had his gun in his pocket, Barney got out of the car with the binoculars. He claimed that the craft had a row of windows on the front and that there were several humanoid looking figures staring out at them. Almost at the same time, all but one of the figures appeared at an opening of the bottom of the ship. Almost like they just fucking teleported so or they something. fly over the car, into the middle of the road. Just cause them to stop. Boom. And now they're swarming out this opening that popped right. up. Well, now, and at first, he gets out, and they're about 100 yards right. away. He looks through the binoculars, and he sees them all standing in these row of windows. And then the and doors then, like, open. He takes the binoculars down, and he's looking. He pulls them back up, and there's only one left in this window, and there's this door that opens, and all of them that appeared in the window are now down at this fucking exit or door or whatever the fuck you I want think to at this it. point I would just start firing shots. Well, I might get closer because you can't be real unless you're trained at it. You know, I don't even know. Yeah, I, I would save my bullets, but yeah, I, you're going to find out eh, that you, that's not going to work either. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> As they come out of the opening in the bottom of the ship with him, some kind of a, quote, large structure with strange red lights connected to some kind of wings began to make its way with the people to the road where he was standing. Barney suddenly heard a voice inside of his head that wasn't his own saying, stay where you are and keep looking. Stay where you are and keep looking. All right. Uh, Mars attacks. <laughs> <laughs> Whoa, I can't remember how they said it. Oh, damn it. I wish I could. That would have been good. <laughs> good job, Skippy. <laughs> Snapping out of it, he ran back toward the car, yelling to Betty that they wanted to capture them. He said he kept saying they, they want to capture us. They're trying to capture us. He jumped in and fucking floored it. As they were racing away, the large object just kept hovering right over the top of the vehicle, all the while making an unnerving, quote, beeping and buzzing sound that made them feel a strange dullness come over their senses. I mean, that's fucking terrifying, honestly. Yeah, so it dulls your senses. Right. Yeah. They're definitely, I don't even know. It's fucking strange, dude. It's fucking strange. It's it, it's it's almost like it's weird. It's weird. <laughs> you see what I did there, Skippy? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck, man. <laughs> You're going to get all the fans calling me that shit. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, then all of the sudden, all the noises were gone, as was the strange feeling. Just at first they were relieved, but once they realized that they had no fucking idea where in the hell they were and that the last memory they had was of going around a sharp bend in the road where they found that roadblock in the first place in the form of a fiery orb, 
that relief was replaced by an unsettling sense of confusion. Yeah, think? <laughs> yeah. Oh, gee, what just happened, buddy? Well, that's very odd. <laughs> <laughs> what was even more unsettling was the fact that by the time they made it home, it was after dawn, when the trip should have been over no, no later than 2 a.m. So now they had somewhere around 35 miles that they had no recollection of driving and well over two hours of time that they had absolutely no memory of. It was almost like they had fallen asleep, but somehow still managed to drive for all of those miles, just really slowly. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's my take on it anyway. It sounds you know? like they're being driven by some dyslexic turtle police force, you know? <laughs> dyslexic turtle po- force police. Force police, dyslexic turtles. I don't know. You got to <laughs> kick assers. <laughs> <laughs> right. Like they, 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 they were driving them backwards and then forwards <laughs> and then backwards and then <laughs> oh man sorry guys <laughs> you have to go back some uh several episodes to yeah. find out. uh they let the shit go for about 10 days before they reached out to ufo investigators seeking some kind of an answer that was better than dyslexic turtles you know <laughs> can't believe you brought them up that's awesome dude i'm gonna we're gonna have to like i bet you like if i reach out they'll they'll pay us like at least three dollars to fucking promote their their fucking <laughs> whatever <laughs> or maybe if you start talking to those cops in arizona they'll pay you to stop talking shit about them <laughs> deal yeah <laughs> after sleeping almost the entire next day they noticed that both of their watches had stopped at the same time now i fucking searched everywhere i could think to look but i couldn't find the time that they stopped you know but i just thought it would have been fucking super interesting but i guess it wasn't to anyone that was investigating the story just me right just some random asshole with a dumbass podcast you know they talked with somebody dude they talked kind of official somebody right yeah that somebody would have had that information right nobody looked at the fucking watches well our watches stopped at 8 17.5 seconds well anything like even like okay let's say they stopped at different times okay that throws a wrench in things. Maybe that's why they didn't talk about it. You know what I'm saying? But I don't know. I couldn't find it for the life of me, you know? Well, our watches stopped at the same time, but they weren't set correctly, so they were <laughs> on different times. That's why Betty was always late. <laughs> <laughs> a couple of other things that they found was that Barney's shoes were scuffed up pretty bad, almost like he had been dragged, which was very unusual considering his time in the military it had made him meticulous about keeping himself neat and orderly. Betty's dress was torn and it had a pinkish powder on it. You know, at first she was going to throw the dress away because it was it yeah. was just ruined. But then she was like, no, I need to keep it. So she hung it outside to kind of air out and then all that pink powder apparently blew away. But there were still traces that were tested years and years later. You know, they tested the dress and it's unknown. They don't know what the fuck it is. When, when you run a test, basically you're testing for one of the known elements or known right. whatever. And when they ran that test, there was just nothing. And then on top of all that, on the trunk of their car, there were several weird, like, little circular metallic spots that would make the needle spin if they took a compass close to any of those spots. Yeah, you know, just normal, everyday shit. I mean, this one time I got some food from a taco van after a late-night concert. Wait, wait. Yeah. A taco van? Dude, it was a late-night concert. You, you get your tacos or you can get your tacos. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, and, you know, and then the next day I was sitting on the toilet for like two fucking hours and it set the smoke alarms off. You know, basically what I'm saying, Chuck, is shit happens. That's what you get for getting tacos <laughs> from a van. It wasn't even a truck. It was the van. It was there. I was hungry. I was drunk. It, it was just, late. Some drunk Mexican <laughs> dude with some. No, no. I'm pretty sure he was Russian. <laughs> well, that's even worse. 
you like you like salsa, comrade? <laughs> I was like, dude, nice Adidas, brah. <laughs> yeah, that's probably why he gave me the good salsa. Was it after a 311 concert? No. <laughs> Corn. <laughs> oh, yeah. Run DMC. Right. <laughs> now, the evening of the 20th, Betty called her sister because her sister had claimed to have seen a UFO several years before. And Betty knew that she would believe her when she could tell her this tale without being ridiculed. Now, Janet recommended that she call Peace Air Force Base to report what they had witnessed and ask if maybe they were running some, you know, just regular old run of the mill test flights or something like that. Within the next couple of days, some people showed up saying that they were reporters and that they had heard about their experience and wanted to do a write-up about it. You know, like the time on the watches, I couldn't find the names of the fucking reporters either. But it is it is written well, that the, the pair, whenever these, quote, reporters showed up, they were joined by a major James McDonald. Well, you know, um, in my personal time with Double D and... Double P. (laughs) (laughs) They told me that they were those secretive reporters and it was all a ruse. Doesn't fucking surprise me. Yeah. But one thing is funny. The Hills found it strange that the only thing that uh, Major McDonald kept saying was that he had a farm and E-I-E-I-O. It's very strange. Just very strange stuff, dude. Very strange. I I don't know. (laughs) You suck. Fuck you. Fuck you. That's just reserved for Chuck. telling you that guy oh why how does he even get here a moped apparently (laughs) (laughs) he looks like the kind of dickhead that would ride it you know hey hey, if you ride a moped i'm sorry you're probably a dick (laughs) anyway let's just move on can we (laughs) after this strange meeting and after reading a book on ufo encounters betty decided to write a letter to major donald kehoe a retired marine who was the head of the national investigations committee on aerial phenomena or NICAP, which is a civilian UFO research group. And this guy passed it on to a man named Walter Webb, who was a staff member at the Hayden Planetarium and was also a scientific advisor for NICAP. Oh, well, he's got all the credentials. I mean, yeah, we got a lot of acronyms going, or at least one. We got one <laughs> we acronym. Got one I mean, acronym. Fuck it, dude. Well, UFO is an acronym There also. we go. See, so, winning. Yeah. Uh, uh, within, about, <laughs> within about 10 days of the experience, Betty had hellish nightmares for five days in a row. The overall happenings in these start with the couple encountering the roadblock, at which point she lost consciousness, but through great effort was able to look around. She, This is one of her dreams. Now, she says she saw Barney walking behind her, and they were both surrounded by these, quote, men that looked to be around five and a half feet tall. They were all wearing identical blue uniforms and what seemed to be military cadet caps. They mostly looked human, but their lips were a bluish color and their skin was a grayish color. They were led up a ramp and into the craft, and once inside, they were separated. When she complained to the being that she referred to as the leader, he told her that it would be much quicker if they were examined apart. Now, after being led to a room, someone that she called the examiner entered and began to check eyes, ears, mouth, teeth, throat, and hands. He even cut a lock of her hair and took shavings from her finger and toenails for further tests. I mean... Sounds fairly thorough. I don't know. Sounds like a bunch of extraterrestrial witches. Right. Like, hey, gonna make a brew. We're gonna make a brew. Get the cauldron. We got the toenails and the hair. (laughs) After checking her legs and feet, he said that he was going to test her nervous system, and he plunged a large needle into her belly button which caused excruciating pain until the the leader waved his hand over her stomach and the pain instantly stopped. At the end of the examination, her and the leader had a conversation where she asked him where they were from. 
He pulled down a star map and then they simply led them back out of the craft into their car. Like, dude, that's a pretty fucked up dream. You know, I haven't had a, a, a dream at least like that since that last time I was at your house and you gave me that nice warm cup of tea. Yeah. Wait a fucking minute. <laughs> God damn it, Chuck. <laughs> Well, it's delicious. It's, is that why my dreams are always so more vivid than yours are? Well, and I did have that one time I had that dream where Tommy Chong had a dick in his mouth and he was super happy. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, no, that was you. My bad, buddy. My bad. Uh, it turned out to be a giant joint. That was rolled like a penis. Yeah. It, did it have veins? Yeah, scared. it was. You know how people roll all kinds of artistic joints, I man. Know, they're Helicopters like helicopters and shit. fucking swans. <laughs> yeah, like origami joints. Wait a minute, how are you smoking Tara Lipinski? That's just weird. She's a, she's a fucking national treasure. You know, I love you. Over time, the Hills began to realize that there was more to their encounter than they remembered. So they started to you know look into finding someone that could possibly hypnotize them, so that they might just be able to bring the events that occurred during the missing time. On November 23rd, 1962, a man named Captain Ben H. Sweat. Yeah, going to make you sweat till you bleed. <laughs> Ask your parents. Damn, I don't <laughs> Was a guest speaker at the church that they attended. And after learning that he had an interest in hypnosis, they told him their tale, hoping that he would help them. But he told them that he was nothing more than an amateur and that they shouldn't trust anyone that wasn't a trained professional. Like, you know, like a psychiatrist or something like that. In late 1963, Barney asked his doctor about hypnosis and was referred to a man named Benjamin Simon. On December 14th, 1963, the Hills met with Simon for the first time. Initially, he was absolutely certain that there was no fucking way that these two had actually had an encounter with the UFO, but it was obvious that something had happened and it was literally driving the two of them crazy. So he decided, you know what? Fuck it. Let's do this, dude. Yeah, they were definitely going crazy over this whole yeah, thing. Yeah, I mean, the shit so, was just fucking insane. So they sat down with this hypnotist and the first session began on January 4th, 1964. Hey, that's my birthday. Again? <laughs> we had your birthday in the last one, right, too. this shit just keeps fucking popping yeah, that's up. That's creepy, it's man. strange, dude. Yeah, you're all connected to it. This you're the, the one that this must be where the Yeah. yeah this you, must be where the shit fucking, uh, you know, gets a little weird huh it does it gets a little <laughs> weird it gets weird here so uh under hypnosis barney said that all of the beings had an ability to mesmerize him just by staring into his eyes yeah i have that a capability on um non-native language speaking foreign exchange college students really okay, that's too far i went too far <laughs> all right fine 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 whatever move on all right uh, fucking just okay god how many fucking crickets did you bring I only brought two. God damn, man. They were really not I happy. I was hoping Lizard Man would come back. You they were really not happy with my fucking joke there. All right, move on. Well, you know, lizards eat crickets, and I was just hoping that maybe it would lure Lizard Man back out, but oh, I don't know. I haven't dude, seen him. I haven't heard from him. Yeah. Yep. They better not. Oh, man. If they caught him, I'm totally going to blame you. <laughs> Me? You're the one whose birthday is January 4th. Motherfucker. Here we go. With all, right. all your birthdays. Never mind. <laughs> hey, you're not wearing any pants. Keep going. <laughs> all right. So Barney said all the beings had the ability to mesmerize him by staring into his eyes. He said that the one that they called the leader told him not to be afraid and that he would feel better if he just closed his eyes. He also said, here's his quote. I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes while well, he was. That doesn't sound good at all. <laughs> I don't want your eyes in my eyes. My eyes are personal space. Why would you squish your eyes together? I know. That's so weird. So while while he was under 
Over the course of several sessions, he said things like, oh, those eyes. <laughs> those like, eyes. Oh, those, those eyes, eyes. have seen a lot of love, but they're never going to see another one like I have with you. They're in my brain. In my brain. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I thought we were doing this. Okay. And, quote, I was told to close my eyes because I saw two eyes coming close to mine, and I felt like the eyes had pushed into my eyes. Or, quote, all I see are these eyes. I'm not even afraid that they're not connected to a body. They're just there. They're just up close to me, pressing against my eyes. That shit, shit. sounds creepy as fuck, right? Fucking right, dude. Uh, don't agree? You don't think it's no, not creepy? No, it's fucking creepy. Ooh, Eyes dude, squishing yeah. together. Anybody who th- doesn't think that sounds creepy is fucking insane. Check out these clips. See if you still feel the same way. All right, so we're going to play some clips from Barney's uh, hypnosis sessions. I drive, and Betty is still looking, and she says, Barney, that is not a plane. It is still following us. And I stop. I look and I see it is still out there, off in the distance. I believe Betty is trying to make me think this is a flying saucer. It was just a light moving through the sky, and I heard no noise. I think this is ridiculous. Betty, it is not a flying saucer. What are you doing that for? You want to believe in this thing, and I don't. I can't hear any sound. No sound, whatever. I want to hear a jet so badly. How far away was it? It was about a thousand feet, I guess. Did it go back and forth, or did it go in circles like a plane does? It would go toward the west. And without looking as if it turned, it would come straight back. It's right over my right. And I try to maintain control so Betty cannot tell I am scared. God, I'm scared. It's all right. You can go right on experience it. It will not hurt you now. I got to get my gun. You feel you have to get your gun. This is going to harm you, you felt. I opened the trunk of my car, and I get it, and I get back in the car. All right, just keep reasonably calm. I can see it tilted toward me. Tilted? What does it look like now when you say tilted? Like a big pancake with rows of windows and lights. And rows of windows like a commercial plane? They're not like a commercial plane because they curve around to the size of this pancake. And I say, my God, no, I, I have to shake my head. I got to, I got to, it can't be true. This isn't there. Oh, it's still there. Could you see him clearly? Yes, I thought. What's his face like? What does it make you think of? It's round. Did he have on a uniform? Yes. What kind of uniform? It was black. He had a black scarf around his neck, dangling over his left shoulder. I never knew that. How could you see these figures so clearly at that distance? 
I was looking at him with binoculars. Did they have faces like other people? His eyes were slanted. I see it so. His eyes were slanted, but not like a Chinese. This creature, this leader is telling me something. He's telling you something. How? How is he getting it to you? I can see it in his face. Do you see his lips move? Yes. No, his lips aren't moving. Yes, go on. He's telling you. And he's looking at me. What did he tell you? Just keep looking and stay there. Just keep looking. Could you hear him tell you? Oh, I got to pull these binoculars away from my eyes. Because if I don't, I'll just keep staying there. Could you hear him tell you this? Oh, no, he didn't say it. You felt he said it. I know. You know he said it. Just there, yeah. Just stay there, he's saying to me. It's All right. I'll take it in my head. Just All don't right. pull All the binoculars away. God, give me strength. All right. All pull right. them down. Run. Pull the binoculars down and run. God. It says, my God, give me strength. i got to get away. down the road. What's the red? Bright red. Bright red? Yeah. What is that? Orange and red. Where is that? Right down the road. But they won't talk to me. Who won't talk to you? The men. In the vehicles? No. They're standing in the road. Where are you? You're in the car? No. I'm just suspended. I'm just floating about. You're really floating about, or is that the way you feel? The way I feel. You're still outside of the car? No. You're in the car. I'm not in the car. I'm not near the car. I'm not in the woods. I'm not on the road. Well, where are these men? I don't know. I'm on the road? I don't know. I'm just floating about. Well, who were these men in the road? Well, what part did they play in They took me and carried me up this ramp. Did you feel you were going to be operated on? I don't want to be operated on. You don't want to be operated on. What makes you think of an operation? I was thinking about this when I was lying on my stomach. Where were you lying on your stomach? I thought I was inside something, but I did not dare open my eyes. I was laying on the table and my fly was open, and I thought, are they putting a cup around my private parts? And I thought, how funny, if I keep real quiet and real still, I won't be harmed, and it will be over. Whew, dude, that shit's... I'm telling you now, like now, if you go and you seek out these recordings, 
you're literally listening to like this dude be hypnotized and kind of being walked through these these memories, you know. But man, there are points that I swear to God fucking gave me chills, dude. It's just yeah. Like, now these are, sounds- these have just been some outtakes on there, you know. Yeah, uh, yeah. These are just sessions. some of the parts. Yeah. But if you want to hear the whole thing, just by all means, look it up. Absolutely, dude. Now, Betty's sessions were totally consistent with Barney's. Like, it yeah, and they up. were separate. They were separated, and yep. and while they matched up, it didn't come across like they had rehearsed it. Right, exactly. There were tiny little details, like she would see or notice something that he talked about that situation, but she would kind of talk about it from a different angle. Almost, right. Yeah. You know. Now, while most of what she recalled in her hypnosis was eerily similar to the five dreams she had had, there were some differences. The first difference was in the way that the you know these beings looked. A couple of the others were the way that they had been taken on board, and the and then the technologies that the fuckers employed. Overall, though, her you know hidden memories were really fucking close to what she had dreamt. The one thing that has made it really hard for skeptics to debunk this is that just like in her dreams, the leader showed her a star map. Now, after her session, she was able to draw what she was supposedly shown on this fucking ship, right? Now, at first, astronomers and scientists alike were quick to dismiss all of this as nothing more than fucking just nonsense. But after some super smart fucking people realized that the origin point on the map was actually a star called Zeta Reticuli. Oh, in the eh, horse head nebula. The what? In the horse head nebula. No, it's in the horse's ass. <laughs> I don't know where Zeta Reticuli is. <laughs> it's but in, I thought maybe it's, in, a, it's a, in Ursa Minor, I want to say. I did look into it, but I can't oh, really? remember now. But yeah, now this particular star, though, it wasn't discovered until 1958. But since that time, dozens of scientists have searched and searched. But as of today, they haven't been able to find any planets orbiting that particular star. So they're saying they come from a star that was discovered just a few years before this all happened to them. I mean, yeah, she was a college girl. Maybe she had heard of it. But come on, dude, that's pretty fucking far out there, dude. That's a long way to go to make all of this add up, you know, and I'm not saying people don't do it, but I don't know, man. I mean, you know, there and, are and like we already talked about the f- and planets, right? And it's hard to pinpoint which ones have other planets. Right, rotating but to be able to actually draw it to where like everything around it, it all fits. Yeah. I mean, and we talked about the fact that Betty was a fucking badass, and we know that she was an intelligent person. So it's not, it's not completely insane to think that she had learned about it and used it in this whole whatever, you know. But man, after you guys hear these clips of her hypnotic sessions, yeah, you might change your mind too. There, you know, so. Yeah. What do you say? You want to play some now, brother? All right, we'll play a few clips of her sessions now. Perfect, perfect. Awesome. Tell me about the men in the road. We're going along, and there was a sharp curve in the road. And as we went around the curve, there was these men standing in the highway. And Bonnie, he... He stops the car, and these men started to come up to the car. They separated. They came up in two groups. And when they started to do that, I got real scared. The car motor died. The car stalled. He started to stop the car. He did what? He tried to start the car, yes. and it won't start. And the men are coming towards us. And I think, well, I can't get away from this. I can, if I get the car door open, I can run in the woods and hide. I'm thinking it. And I just put my hand on the car door and open it. And the men come up. And they, they open the 
opened the car door. And there's a couple of men behind me. And then there's Barney. And he... <laughs> there's a man on each side of him. And my eyes are open. My body's still asleep. He's walking and he's asleep. So I turn around and I say, Barney, wake up. And he doesn't pay any attention. Do we keep walking? And I try to wake Barney up again. He said, Barney, Barney, wake up. And he doesn't. So the man said, you don't have any reason to be afraid. We're not going to harm you. But we just want to do some tests. When the tests are over with, we'll take your body back and put you in your car. You'll be on your way back home in no time. And so, so then we kept walking and we came to a clearing. There was a ramp and a door. There was a... The object was on the ground. The object was on the ground. Yeah. I think it was the same when I was watching in the sky. And they're taking me up to the object. I don't want to go on it. I don't want to... I don't know what's going to happen if I go on it. I don't want to go. And I go up the ramp. And I go inside. And there's a corridor to the left. We go up the corridor. And there's a room. And they start to take me in the room. Some of the men come in the room with this man who speaks English and me. They stay for a minute. I don't know who they are. I guess maybe they're the crew. And the man who speaks English is there. And another man comes in. I haven't seen him before. I think he's a doctor. He told me to take off my dress and then, and so I slept my dress off. That's so why I don't have my, my dress or my shoes on. Sort of in the middle of the room is a table. Some kind of a table. So, uh, I lie down on the table on my back. And he brings over this, oh, how can I describe it? They're like needles. There's a whole cluster of needles. And each needle has a wire running from it. And the examiner has a long needle in his hand. 
and I see the needle. And it, it's it's bigger than any needle I've ever seen. And he, I asked him what he's going to do with it. And he said, just a simple death to vulture me. I don't know it will hurt. Don't do it. Don't do it. And he's a mother holder. And he takes a needle into my needle. And I'm crying and I tell her it's hurting and hurting and hurting. Take it out. And, and, and then the leader, he goes over and he puts his hand, runs his hand in front of my eyes. And he says, I'll be all right. I won't feel it. <sighs> and all the pain goes away. So, the examiner would help, he helped me get up off the table. And I swung around, and my sh he gave me my shoes, and I put those on and got down on the floor. And my dress was there, and I put my dress on, and then... Oh, I said, I can go now. I can go back to the car. And he said, Barney isn't ready yet. And so then I began to get worried, and I kept, I asked him why it was taking so long with Barney. And he said, well, they were doing a few more tests with him. But he'd be right along in a minute. And there was all of a sudden this noise out in the hall. And some of the other men come in. And with them is the examiner. And... And the the examiner has me op has me open my mouth, and he starts checking my teeth. What were they doing at them? They were pulling, tugging at tugging my teeth. Tugging at them. Yes. Yes. He, he said that they couldn't figure it out. Body's teeth came out, and I didn't. <laughs> I said that Bonnie had dentures and I didn't, and that's why his teeth would come out. <laughs> so then they asked me what were dentures. I know that you guys have heard me say it before, that I personally think that regressive hypnotic therapy is a fucking joke. I generally do, too. I mean, yeah. it's just... It's like, I mean, they can lead you in any direction right. they want to fucking do it. And that it's just the way it is. That's it. Well, did you know that you were a chicken in a former life? You were a chicken. Right. And then you wake up going like, I really need some cornmeal. <laughs> peck, peck, peck. You know, like, it's fucking weird. But in this particular case, I'm just not 
quite as sure as maybe I normally would be. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? After hearing the tapes or recordings anyway, yeah, yeah, it's pretty yeah. chilling. Yeah. The more I listen to the recordings, the more I question my own disbelief, bro. Yeah. I mean, it's fucking insane. No, I do believe that the Hills experienced something that was not easily explainable. Uh, maybe it was some kind of a sick fucking military experiment, or maybe it was just some fucked up backwards assholes at that diner right. they stopped at. They drugged their coffee, and, and then they decided to have themselves a little bit of fun. Squeal like a pig, boy! Wee! Yeah, and know. I've heard stories like that where like some hillbillies were having fun dressed you know. like Sasquatch running around a right, road or right, something. Right. Could be somebody fucking with them. Right. Now, either way, I 100% know in my fucking gut, dude, that something fucking truly strange did happen to them. I believe that without a doubt. Now, was it gray aliens? Mm, I don't know. Well, I say this. I feel like that they must have felt what they experienced was genuine because I doubt they would have made this shit up given their circumstance at that time. Right. I'm sorry, but it was not common to be an interracial couple in the early 60s. Dude, did you know that and, there in, in the early 1960s, there were still 14 states that it was illegal yeah. not only to be married to someone of an opposite race, but to even live with or sleep with yeah. someone that was not your same race. It seems like it would be... So hard to basically imagine they're drawing, drawing attention. attention. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Dude, I thought the same fucking thing, dude. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. You know, and there's people out there going like, oh, the, you know, they were all about equal rights and they just wanted to use their, you know, draw this attention so they could push equal rights. And I'm like, they don't understand how fucking stupid they sound. Yeah. These folks literally got nothing out of this, mm-hmm. you know? I mean, it's they put everything insane. on the line to tell this story. Exactly. Anyway. And they did, they didn't have to, but like, they just could not live with it without just getting it out. Now, what I do know is that the only way I'll ever take a trip, especially in those particular fucking mountains up there is if I have a full camera crew with me and hell, I don't know, maybe, uh, Chuck Norris. You can't afford Chuck Norris. You know, you know just in case, just yeah. in case, you know, <laughs> I definitely encourage you guys to listen to the actual recordings from the hypnosis sessions. Who knows? Maybe you'll recall something that just might have come from another planet with the sole intention of probing some poor fucker's asshole here on Earth. (laughs) (laughs) Remember, an open mind leads to endless possibilities. Join us next time for another piece of Weird Candy.